pestilential mosquito. A human presence among all of these, a feature on the face of our native land just defined, I know that none dare challenge me when I say I am an African. I owe my being to the koi and the sun, whose desolate souls haunt the great expenses of the beautiful Cape. They who fell victim to the most merciless genocide our native land has ever seen. They who were the first to lose their lives in the struggle to defend our freedom and independence. And they who, as a people, perished in the result. We could continue. Those are the words of former President President Tabombeki. 8 May 1996, on the occasion of the launching of the Constitution that this year is celebrating its 25th anniversary. The African Narrative now is with the British Arts Council Director for Arts in Sub-Saharan Africa, Ms. Ojoma Ochai. The British Council's research into the opinions and beliefs of young people have seen a marked shift from optimism to pessimism since the COVID-19 outbreak. Our previous Next Generation surveys of young people in Kenya, Ethiopia and Zimbabwe found sizable majorities of young people believed their lives would be better than their parents and were optimistic for positive change in their country in the next five years. The pace of Africa's economic growth is insufficient to produce one million new jobs a month to match the labor demands of young people. But what if, in the focus to find jobs for young people, we are fighting the wrong battle? Why don't we place more focus on allowing Generation Z or Z, our future leaders, to create their own businesses as part of a quest for creating African identities and culture? Mr. Jomo Chai, thank you, ma'am, so much for joining us. Welcome to The Viewpoint on SAFM here in South Africa. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, this is something that has to keep many young people awake, as it should many people who don't identify as young, because ultimately this is a conversation for the future, but a future that has to be defined now. Indeed. How do we get to a place then where more young people find more and more franchise on the African continent? Thank you for that question. Um, I, I think that... I'd say that, obviously, um, working in arts and culture, but I think that the arts um, provide a number of opportunities for young people on the continent. As we've already seen, it provides a way for them to express themselves, express their hopes, their aspirations, their fears, um, their identity, their, their, their preoccupations, whether that's through music or film or fashion, as we've seen, or literature it does provide that outlet for expressing um, what is being felt by young people across the continent. Um, so I think that's a very uh, powerful tool for expression that young people have got. I think beyond um, that platform for expression, you were talking about the stats that we have there about pessimism in the light of COVID and the challenges around unemployment. Mm. There is data that suggests that arts and the creative industries, because of their low barriers to entry, provide a way for young people to define their own livelihood pathways and start businesses or, or work in sectors 
where they're then able to earn a living for themselves and for their families. We've seen it in, in film in Nigeria. We've seen it in fashion in Rwanda and Kenya. We've seen it in the visual arts in Zimbabwe, you know, in music in Ghana. I can go on and on. So the, the creative industries and the art sector does provide that. Um, we see it in, in, in GDP data. We see it in the sort of under the radar statistics, anecdotal evidence from informal economies about how those sectors are giving young people pathways to, to jobs and employment and fulfillment. But I think beyond that, even more um, generally, I think the arts also provide a pathway for young people in, in sort of the, this political sphere. When I look back at the sort of 60s um, in Africa, and I think of people like Senghor and his whole philosophy of, around negritude and pan-Africanism. I feel like that's such a model for young people now to participate in shaping the Africa that we want through their expressions as Senghor did with his poetry, for example. And so I think on, mo on many levels to answer your question, the arts and the creative economies provide ways for young people to express themselves, to, to participate in their communities, to earn a living for themselves, and to be more fulfilled and, and active citizens in whatever communities in which they live. Specifically, as you refer to young people, particularly through the arts and with the arts, how then do we ensure that they are given license to actually express their plights, to express their yearnings, and where necessary in the context of freedom of speech to tell the authorities, a lot of the time African authorities, particularly in political leadership, are people who are two or three generations ahead of the people who actually matter and are in number. Case in point is what's happening now in Uganda. So I think that thing about giving license um, is one that's a topical uh, issue at the moment. Because on one hand, we can argue that with digitization and with technology, there's almost a democratization of the space in which young people can participate. But as we know, um, that democratization is still subject to various um, gatekeeping mm, elements, whether mm. it's from curation, uh, curation, um, in, in the context of, say, festivals or, or, or platforms, or whether it's in the context of just so much that's out there and voices get drowned. I think there are lots of barriers um, at the moment. But if I look back 20, 15 years, I do still think that there's more opportunity than ever before for those young voices to be heard and for those new narratives to be heard about how young people want to engage in their communities. So I think there's still a long way to go, but we have come a long way from where we were on the basis of the new platforms that have opened up for creative expression and, and self-expression. Mm, final question to you, Ms. Ojoma Ochai, the British Arts Council Director, for, rather the British Council Director for Arts in Sub-Saharan Africa. There is a lot of African art artifacts and otherwise precious memorabilia that is in Europe, Britain, no exception. How do we get that back? How do we get what is rightfully ours from previous colonizers? Um, that's a good question. I think that increasingly the, the, the call for return is, is getting louder, and rightly so. 
and there are lots of conversations and platforms for dialogue that are opening up to have those conversations. Again, when I look back 15, 20 years, we weren't having those conversations. There's still a long way to go, yes, but I think we're, we've started on that journey. And that journey beginning with the dialogue mm-hmm. about um, things around repatriation, around museums and archives, around memory, even beyond the sort of physical holdings. There's also the thing about memory and and collective memory of our shared histories and how that is treated and which ones are legitimized versus which ones are not. So I think we're moving closer to a a, a place where there can be concrete actions. Mm. But with these things, it always begins with dialogue. And I'm quite pleased to see that that dialogue is increasingly happening and is gaining traction. Fantastic. Let's leave it there, ma'am. Thank you so much for your time, Ms. Ojoma Ochai, British Council Director for Arts in Sub-Saharan Africa. It really is a pity that we don't have as much time as we were hoping to have.